Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music, the Bed of Life. We're going to do a first tonight. I'm very pleased to have my first musical couple that we're going to have a chat with. Uh, I guess I'll start with Teresa. I actually went to school with Teresa down here at Arizona State University. She played French horn, piano, and folk harp. She's got a Bachelor of Music and Performance from the, from the University of Missouri, MBA in Finance at UMKC, and she's performed with Kansas City Symphony, St. Joseph's Symphony, Ray Charles, The Hoose, Balletto, Opera Festivals in Italy, and South Carolina. So she's got a few creds behind her. Her husband, Mark, <laughs> uh, her husband, Mark, plays the guitar, the ukulele, mandolin. He's got a Bachelor of Music from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, UMKC. Professor of Guitar at Park University from 1992 to 2002. He's a professor of guitar at MWSC from 1986 to 2002. And he's performing artist in a traveling guitar duet with concerts in the USA and in Europe. Let's bring you guys in. How are you doing, Teresa and Mark? Hi, Tony. How are you? Marvelous. (laughs) Hi, Tony. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a while since I actually had a... Uh, face-to-face with Teresa. I haven't really met you, Mark, face-to-face. I don't think, have we? That's true. That's true. We haven't been out west to that part of the country, except we on our way to L.A. and a quick trip to the NAMM show and such. Ooh. Never been to NAMM. Love to go to NAMM. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, it's big. It's open to the public now, too. So it's it's quite a a major event. It's something you should see. Everybody should go to it now that's into music. Uh, I bet. I think the tools, the tools and the toys are over there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Stuff you didn't even know you wanted. Right? <laughs> it's like, hey, hold on. <laughs> that would work here. Uh, so tell me, I'm going to take you guys back a little ways because, as you know, the title of this is Music, the Bed of Life, the podcast. So I want to go back way back to before you guys met and when you were kids at home i want to know if you can remember what your first introduction to music was either one of you well i know what mine was um when i was probably maybe three years old um i remember my parents having um, these lps and i think it was henry mancini Mm. And I just I just saw the cover of that LP, which was all that whipped cream and everything, and just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I played that thing over and over and over. <laughs> which song was it? Henry Mancini. <laughs> I don't. I, it was just the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and and then I do remember my parents were were kind of from the country, and I remember a lot of country music. Um, but that LP in particular just stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. fun. Well, in mine, I'm from Memphis, so that's kind of a music town. Mm. And uh, my parents were not really particularly musical, musically inclined. My grandmother played piano, ragtime piano, but didn't really play around us much, so I didn't have that. But my dad bought a stereo, the first stereo I think we, we had in the late 50s, early 60s, and he'd bring home all these 
album. So, you know, you're always testing your stereo when you get a new stereo, a new sound system. Oh, yeah. So he would buy classical things like Van Cliburn playing the Tchaikovsky uh, piano concerto, uh, Bolero, you know, we're over 1812 over, you know, that sort yes, of thing. Yes. And then he also bought a flamenco guitar album and some Chet Atkins albums. And that kind of just really appealed to me. That's how I kind of first exposure to, to guitar playing. a few years older than me was a big big Elvis fan so you know that that kind of influenced me toward guitar as well and and you know my first kind of you know introduction to music and playing was kind of in the rock and roll field as well because of that mm -hmm. you know you just reminded me I grew up with a, a very I guess you'd say ethnic family from Poland and every single weekend we actually had parties where um, they were all live musicians and there's probably 50 people literally every weekend. So I grew up with all the polkas and the, um, the piano and the like, country bands and accordions. And just every weekend we were jamming. So mm -hmm. that's probably actually even further back than Henry Mancini. <laughs> How old do you think you were? Ish. Oh, ground zero. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, ground um, from the beginning. So I was exposed to watching my parents to polkas, to my cousin playing some polka on his accordion. drummer and so we had the country bands every weekend and so I watched them and then go to the polka party the next night right see that's it's pretty fun it's it's a it's a um, pattern here every time I'm speaking to somebody who's really into music as a musician right now it there's there was a lot of music back when they were young so, and I think as part of the theme here, what I always, what I find really interesting is that how much music is really around and you don't know it. You know, you hear it, but you're not experiencing it because it's just so subtle that you just don't know it. That's kind of like you said you were from ground zero, Teresa. Um, that means you were hearing music before you even knew what you were listening to. Absolutely. It, it was just there. And I can't remember a time that it wasn't there. Right. So let's progress a little bit and get into, you mentioned a little bit, Mark, on, on what got you interested in guitar. But when did you uh, really pick it up? And before you answer that, I got I to gotta say, when you mentioned Overture 1812, my dad bought a stereo and we had a basement 
and he had, he had them those speakers spread from one end of the basement to the other <laughs> and guess what i played mm-hmm. <laughs> overture oh, yeah. 1812 that was my that's first right. introduction oh, yeah. to stereo music that's quite an event yeah well, i actually have a really funny story to go with that piece <laughs> um, when i was playing the saint joseph symphony and we were playing outside for fourth of july a storm was moving in Mm-hmm. And the wind was whipping us around, and we were literally in the middle of 1812. <laughs> and I was sitting in the back of the stage playing French horn, and my dad came up to the back of the stage and was holding my hair so my hair wouldn't flip around in my face. So I wasn't messed up playing French horn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Old 1812, it's got all of us hooked in. Yeah. Right. That's funny. But go ahead and uh, with that answer, Mark. You remember the question? Well, excuse me. Well, yeah. Well, the uh, you know that that kind of was my introduction to that, and then I really didn't start playing guitar. They, it's kind of funny. I think I have. I still have the recording too. There was a little music store in Memphis that when you wanted to play an instrument, it used they didn't really start kids my age at six on guitar. They mm. didn't think at that time your fingers could handle it, so they would start you on a keyboard instrument. Well. They were into renting accordions, <laughs> and so uh, I, my sister at age 11 got an accordion, and I got a little small 12 bass accordion or whatever it was, and I took six weeks of lessons on the accordion. I just hated it, <laughs> uh, and, but we did a little recording. Uh, I was on, you, they, at the end of the six weeks, they'd take you into a little sound studio, and they just cut the record right there as you're playing, and I did side A, and my sister did side B of the same song. Wow. Of course, hers had a bass part to it. Uh, but uh, but that kind of turned me off, and then we moved to a border uh, to Corpus Christi. My dad was in the military, so we were stationed there next, and we bought a little five dollar at that time border town guitar. My dad was going to play it, didn't really take to it, and I did. Kind of taught myself for a while. Then we were stationed on Guam, got my first electric guitar at the Navy Exchange. You know, kids in the neighborhood trying to form a band. One of the kids' dad would fly cargo to uh, oh, Thailand and Japan and brought back some drums and electric guitar and a bass mm-hmm. and some amplifiers and so we just kind of you know just messed around we didn't know what we were doing and there's no one there to help us mm-hmm. but you know it kind of just in the in the quarters there on Guam <clears throat> and then in San Diego I took my first formal lessons from an old dance band guitarist that was kind of like in the Lawrence on the Lawrence Wealth tradition uh-huh. well, so hey. <laughs> Gave me a pretty good foundation, <laughs> right? Uh, and then, and then I hooked up with a good teacher in Memphis. After that, in high school, that was a good friend of Chad Atkins, and uh, got me into playing more solo style guitar, kind of finger style, and from there into classical and whole range of stuff that I do now. Mm-hmm. Did you know you were in a music town when you were in Memphis? Well, not not really. Now that I look back at oh, the huge tradition there, I remember in high school, um, you know, we had I worked at a rental store, and we had Jerry Lee Lewis walk in one time. Isaac Hayes walked in to rent some things. So wow. it was like what, you know, you didn't realize. And then my guitar teacher, even though he was kind of a fingerstyle guitarist, he would sometimes do studio work over at Stax Records and also uh, a couple of the other I think Ardent Studios, another. A studio in Memphis, so he did some studio work in various styles. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, it's quite a tradition there. I just didn't know about it. Uh, most people don't, except for Sun Records. Right. And well, I know I didn't know Stax Records was down there. That was yeah. the label oh, yeah. with Green Onions, right? Yeah, I believe. 
Uh, so yeah, it was quite uh, quite a lot going on in Memphis, and I think there still is. It may not yeah. be as big as it once was. Well, I did one of my past uh, guests was down in Nashville, but he moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, because right. apparently a lot of stuff comes out of there that nobody even knows about except the musicians right. who've been there. Well, you know, it's kind of a big triangle there. You've got Nashville a little further north, Memphis to the west, and then Muscle Shoals a little bit to the southwest of Nashville. It's kind of like, that's kind of a, was a big hub, and you didn't realize it at the time unless you were really into it, and I wasn't quite of age during most of that time. Mm. I was going to ask you that. How old were you at that time? Oh, I would have been in high school. We moved back when I was in high school, so my last three years of school and first year of college. Okay. All right, let me uh, let me jump on over to Teresa here. When did you start realizing that you wanted to play an instrument? And when did you start? Um, I knew that I loved music and I knew I loved dance and art. And I would constantly, probably when I was about eight years old, um, I just fell in love with music. On um, I remember Three Dog Night and all the, you know, the top 40. And mm-hmm. actually, even at that age, like... Um, Purple Haze and all those kinds of songs, and um, and then I heard the Fifth Dimension. I think Ooh, it was. Nice. And I decided I needed to put a dance together, and so I just created this dance and put it on for all the moms in the neighborhood to Fifth Dimension. Aquarius. <laughs> and so Let me I just guess. <laughs> fell in love with with the music and the dance and everything, and then um, and of course seeing it all in my family. Um, but I didn't really want to play any of those instruments. And then when I was 12, of course, you start band. And um, my mom played French horn, and my uncle played French horn. And so I'm like, well, I'll just play French horn. <laughs> and, uh, and it just happened to come really easily for me. And then I found out my cousin is also a French horn player on the Kansas side and didn't know we were doing the same thing at the same time. And he ended up being... Um, he's the principal horn in New Jersey Symphony, and you probably have heard him on he's 50 or 60 albums, and um, you know, he does Broadway and everything in New York now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got French horn in the blood, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so that's when I started, when I was 12. And then, of course, you heard me at 18 and 19 at school. Right, which, which of course, now, when I first found out that <laughs> you were playing harp, I was like, how do you make that jump? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to tell you. So what happened was, was um, I got into this international opera festival in Italy, and the Spoleto Festival, and um, any opera singers out there would definitely know what that is. And I just uh, was talking to the harpist from the Charleston Symphony there, and she gave me a quick lesson, and I just fell in love with it. And she told me, it's like, you're a natural, someday go do this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> and so um, and so when I came back to the States and um, ended up playing, you know, subbing with the Kansas City Symphony and doing the Who and Ray Charles and all that kind of stuff, I just thought, that was so fun, I cannot top that. Um, you just can't top that. And so I decided um, to go on to piano and harp and voice and um, ended up singing with the Kansas City Symphony Chorus and things like that. And... Um, and then when Mark and I finally met, um, he introduced me to some music that's uh, Ariana Saval and Gordy Saval, and they're kind of early music specialists, and uh, introduced me to the triple heart. And I the, just the, really sorry, loved it. The triple heart? 
harp? The triple harp. Yeah, triple harp. And so it actually has three rows of strings. And this instrument in particular is um, it's a replica of a harp from the 1500s. So if you were in France and the king said, I want some music, um, somebody probably pulled out a triple harp along with a, a, the Baroque guitar. And so um, when we got married, that was my wedding present. He gave mm. me a triple harp. Ah, you little <laughs> and, uh, sneak, you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, little did I know it was the most difficult part to learn to play of the bunch. It well. was, it's so hard, it's so hard. And there's nobody in the United States to teach me. So I, once we got to like Skype and all that kind of stuff, I mm. found the best triple harpist in the world and took some lessons um, through Skype. And so at least I got to learn that way. Wow. And, uh, and then that just kind of opened my door. Um, to falling in love with the harp. I guess so. <laughs> you you kind of had to put your mind to that one since it's the triple harp, um, you said, and it's the hardest thing to play. Oh my goodness, it's, it is very difficult. It's literally like if you had silk web strings right beside your face where you can't really see it, and then there's three layers of them, and you're trying to play this thing right next to your face. It's just... <laughs> And then you reach in between in the center, and that's the like the black keys on the piano, and then I have two rows of white keys like on the piano. And so you have to reach in for the black keys. Oh. It, I really did this backwards. <laughs> it's so hard. That's right. Yeah. It's so hard. But I finally got there. I, I don't know. We're on the concert coming up. We're going to do some early music with it. So I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I guess. And, and wow, that takes some dedication and passion. So I'm thinking uh, <laughs> music is in your bones there a little bit. <laughs> it's definitely in my bones. And it's, it's insane doing this, but it's fun. <laughs> now, I'm going to call you out here for a second. Um, okay. I know a little birdie told me that you met Mark when he kind of didn't know you existed. Yes, it's true. So um, I'm from Parkville, and Mark came up to go to school here at the conservatory. And it just so happened at uh, Parkville at the university here, um, they have a community band or community orchestra. And I was playing in it when I was 15 years old. And little did I know, we had a guitar soloist play with us. And that was Mark. And so, of course, he didn't pay any attention to me whatsoever because I was 15 years old. Well, it could have possibly been that the piece that I played, too, was for all strings, and you were sitting out that I part of the program. I was sitting out that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but also, I was 24. So oh, we, yeah. Well, we probably saw each other, but, I mean, I was 15, and the last, I was just yeah. not thinking like that. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking about French horn. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then we possibly cross paths again when he was um, teaching school at Missouri Western and I was playing in, which is in St. Joe's of Missouri and I was playing in the orchestra there and I know we had a lot of um, we had guitar players come through um, so we may have crossed paths there as well um, right. just not not sure as sure about that one but it's <laughs> likely um, and then finally um, later on in life we finally met each other and um, we were able to my daughter wanted to take guitar lessons, and um, should I say the rest is history? Because <laughs> I started noticing him. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he and she went after you, Mark. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was mutual, actually. <laughs> it was good. Now, now was this yeah. a a musical connection at first, or at first? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because I um, I was singing um, singing in this choir group, and we needed a guitarist. Um, in one of the pieces, I'm like, well, I know somebody that's really great. So he came and played. And then, of course, you know, when we're and I was also doing a recital um, with my vocal teacher, which was a guitar and voice. And so I asked him if he'd accompany me. And I think um, <laughs> playing together, it's like, okay, yeah, we, we do this well together. <laughs> well, I think, too, so you at that time. The beginning time, of the duo. Even at that time, you had a small folk harp. That you were playing, teaching yourself to play. Well, I just yeah, I was trying I, it out just a tiny bit just to see if I liked it. I got you involved to play at a couple of uh, church services with me once. Oh, that's Early right. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot you asked me yeah. to play at church with you. And, mm. um, yeah. So that yeah, there we go. It just it kind of blossomed from there. <laughs> nice. It's um, that's a really musical connection. So I, I think that's a perfect uh, segue into well, let's hear something. What do you have for us well, today? Uh, what would you like to play? You want to do Lauda? Okay. Um, yeah, so Lauda is, is um, one thing we're doing on this concert coming up is the first half is doing ancient music, but we're not doing it all on ancient or early instruments, I should say. We're kind of showing that you can take this 500-year-old um, song, play it on contemporary instruments, and make it work for today. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so this is called Lauda, and it's a, a non-liturgical, I would call it Christian pop of the, the 1400s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're doing it on a, um, he has this just regular acoustic guitar, and then I have, it's a 34-string uh, lever harp. And so we're doing this 500-year-old song on contemporary instruments. <laughs> Kind of fun. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Thank you. 
Very nice. Very nice. That's beautiful. Of course, now you're making me... You're going to make me ask, have you ever played at the Renaissance Festivals? So, we've t- I've talked about it, but it's... Um, it's, it's pretty it's tough. Difficult. It's pretty grueling. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you're not in the best of conditions and... And uh, you know, you're These wandering are expensive around. instruments. Yeah, yeah you don't just and drag a harp always, around like in the dirt, right? No. <laughs> and people always want to touch it. Mm. And like you touch that and you break it, it's like buying a car. <laughs> yeah. You want to do that. Yeah. Right. And they right. just can't help themselves. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so no. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I, is your three harp, triple harp around you? Are you able to play something yeah. from that? Do you want to play a little bit of your... Um, um, yeah. Just play the introduction to your, tor- yeah. your tarantella. The tarantella, yeah. Yeah, and I'll play um, a Baroque guitar, too. So a Baroque guitar is not a broken guitar, but Baroque. <laughs> and it is uh, it has double strings, so it's the predecessor to our modern-day guitar. But it has two strings for every one, except for the first string, kind of like a modern 12-string does. But I have five courses, so single, single first string, and then double second, third, fourth, and fifth. But it's a different high-pitched, kind of almost very folk-like sounding instrument, so uh, it's very different. And it was also, also an instrument that was uh, very popular and affordable amongst, say, not necessarily the peasant class, you'd call it, but it wasn't an aristocratic instrument. It was affordable by people who had you know, any means at all. And mm-hmm. they were very popular. So, and it was very much a folk strummed instrument for its day, as well as an art instrument. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so. I'm going to check some tuning really fast because one thing about these instruments is they have gut strings on them and they go out of tune very, very easily. Ah. So, kind of persnickety. So. <laughs> so. Tuning is always good. Yes. All right, so this is um, Tarantella, is one of the songs we'll be doing in our concert. And Tarantella is um, tarantula. And so, of course, 500 years ago, they didn't have antibiotics like we do. And so, if someone were bit by a tarantula, they're kind of in trouble. And so one of the things that they would do is they create the song to help them, the person that was bit, to dance and move them around and get their blood moving and maybe um, dance out the poison, I guess you can say. And so it starts off really slow and it kind of gets a little more hysterical as the poison gets into them. <laughs> so, so they want to dance it out. So this is kind of a, 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 ver- a musical version of what happens. <laughs> Great.
Yeah, that's, it's a long, long piece actually with many, many variations. Do you want me to do? You want to like do a little bit at the end or anything? Just a no, no. That's that? that's that's good. That was beautiful. Okay. I was sitting back okay. here thinking, man, I better pay attention uh, to not falling, <laughs> a, not not falling asleep in a boring kind of way. But it was so relaxing <laughs> sounding. Yeah, yeah. It, it's beautiful. But well, it gets like, a little bit more uh, upbeat as we just, go. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on. So. <laughs> yeah, the no. It's more and more intense. Yeah. Very pretty. Very pretty. So that was your your triple, right? That's the triple heart. That's the yes. triple heart. So it has, um, so it has. A, a, I would call it a more earthy sound, and versus um, you know the contemporary harps. Mm -hmm. Just as um. You can just kind of tell the sound is just a little more raw, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, but it's beautiful. Maybe like along the lines of a dulcimer or something. You might have that type of sound. Yeah, Same yeah. Thing with the broke guitar, it kind of just... Yeah, the broke guitar is that way too. It has a little bit thinner sound, a um, little more delicate. Well, the broke guitar has a kind of a more delicate sound, uh, a little bit thinner in voicing, you know, not so rich and thick doesn't have the low basses that you see in the modern day guitar. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't even have a sixth course. And then they had different tunings too for the lowest two courses where some of them had the low bass string and the high string, like a modern day 12 string guitar, and some didn't, depending on the tradition and where you were in Europe, uh, you know, whether you were in France, Italy, or Spain. But you can hear this chord here. Very delicate high. I like, and then, and it's very ornamental too. You'll see a lot of, Played in the music and very much strum like this. So you can tell the sounds a little different than a modern guitar. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> much different. Uh, how many guitars do you play, sir? Well, I mean, you, you name it. No, I mean, but in this next, the concert we're getting ready to do at the end of the month, we I have like, oh, maybe four different guitars that I'm using. That. Yeah, well, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, yeah, that's true. Because six guitars are playing on this but, concert. But two of them are, are very similar. The one's in a different tuning. Uh-huh. So yeah. it saves me from having to retune in the middle of the, of the song, and it's oh, a pretty yeah. drastic tuning change. Yeah, that's a good because idea. Because um, Turkish... Turkish um, folk song that he's doing that's just quite amazing um, but it's a different kind of tuning yeah it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the Turkish oud or saz uh, where it's very modal and very kind of uh, meditative mm -hmm. you guys are going to make me do a whole lot of googling I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> <laughs> you are mentioning that's instruments right. I don't think I've ever heard of <laughs> yeah well, the oud, the, the Arabic oud is the predecessor to the, to the European lute. That okay. was common in the starting in the Middle Ages through the Baroque era. Okay. Well, that's good. That's what this is, this is all about. A little bit of learning, a little nugget dropping. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the, uh, the talk. Now, you guys, um, I, I'm saying both of you, I, I'm not sure, but it's Bentley Guitar Studios, right? Right. Correct. That's that's the, store. The, that's the store, right? That's exactly. the store. Are you? It's a guitar store. Mm -hmm. right. And you teach we, uh, there. It's more than guitar, as far as yeah, we teach uh, keyboard. We have we teach voice. 
Teresa also teaches French horn there, uh, and uh, but mostly fretted instruments, true, you know, guitar, bass, mandolin, ukulele. Piano, Teresa? And yes, piano. I teach piano. Yes, we have, well, we have, I think, 11 teachers, probably about mm, 250 to 300 students that come through a week. And so we've got, um, I teach piano, and we have another gentleman that teaches piano. Um, well, we have a drum instructor as well, yeah. Yeah, drum <laughs> instructors. We have... I think five guitar teachers, a ukulele teacher, a voice teacher, um, harmonica teacher, mm -hmm. so a number of different ones. So I, I do piano, uh, what do I do? Piano, French horn, and then I can't do harp, and sometimes I've had some harp students, but it's usually French horn and piano that I do. And then Mark teaches all the, <laughs> any of the well, guitar instruments. Guitar, Maybe, mandolin, and ukulele, really. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. bass. You're lucky I'm not there. You would be teaching some more harp. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That wow. was one I of wouldn't them. mind it. It's just not a lot of people out there taking harp lessons. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like a lot of people just have a harp to practice on at home, huh? That's actually very true. It's, it's, um, it's a privileged instrument, I should say, or a privileged person that gets to play harp. Because um, they're they're not cheap. <laughs> mm, yeah. Do me a favor and go ahead and tell me where your store is, how people can reach you on that store. I'm just going to do that now since we're talking about the store. I will put this sure. also in the description. But sure. Well, our website is BentleyGuitars.com, and we're in Parkville, Missouri, on Seven Main Street. Um, we. Uh, also, I mean, our website is, you can find out all about our lessons and our repair services, and we have a lot of our inventory listed on there. And then we also have a store on Reverb.com. That's Bentley Guitars. Oh, you're on Reverb? Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do a lot of sales on Reverb, which is a really nice national or international audience that we cater to. Yes, I know the website. We also have, yeah, we also have, if, um anybody's interested in checking out our music, we're on all the services, streaming services, and YouTube, um, iTunes, I should say. Um, we're on YouTube also, but iTunes, and so it's, our duo is called The Bentley Project. Yep. Um, Spotify. We didn't want to limit ourselves. Yeah, and it's on, we're on Spotify, yeah, under The Bentley Project, um, but you can buy the music under iTunes and mm -hmm. all, all the different ways. I like the name, The Bentley Project. It just... <laughs> it sounds like you're going to have some stuff coming at us. <laughs> yeah. And, and we well, do. <laughs> part of the reason for the name is that Teresa's kind of uh, all over the map and pretty prolific at what she likes to do. She likes to write a lot of things. She writes for piano. She wrote a piece originally for her son to, uh, to get married by. It was mm -hmm. a beautiful piece. Yeah. And then we uh, did a video for them, out the pictures, and wrote the music for it. And it right. ended up being harp, guitar, and cello. My daughter wow. plays cello. Beautiful. And you've done some other things, some lo-fi. Yeah, lo so lo yeah, I'm kind of getting into lo-fi. <laughs> is that your? Yeah, but, so there's some, is that your lo-fi CD out there? Uh, On Spotify. I, uh, I don't. Well, I have. Um, yes, I have some music. It's not a CD. It's a. I've written a couple lo-fi songs, just kind of diving into it a little bit. I'm just really having fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a lo-fi um, playlist. So that's probably what you saw. Mm. It's a playlist, but my music's on that. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, my sister sent me this video of jellyfish. And she's like, <laughs> write some music for this video. I'm like, oh, 
that's so cool. So like within two days, I had it written, recorded, done, and out on Spotify. It was just so fun, and I just didn't go to sleep. It was too fun. <laughs> I, I, know I, know I know the feeling. In a different lifetime, I think she would have loved to have been in the, in the film. Uh, oh, composer. I probably would have loved film, yeah. like write, writing for film. Scoring, yeah. I'm, I'm just doing, yeah. I just do it now just because I like it, and I just have this really fun keyboard, this Kronos, that just, I can do all kinds of things with. It's just so fun. <laughs> so anyway, that's the Bentley project so that we're not pigeonholed into anything. We want to be free to do any kind of music we want to. Exactly. And I see a few out here. So is there anything off of one of these, like, say, from this one that has Eventide and Autumn Child? And... Eventide? Yeah. Eventide, yes. Eventide. That's the one I was talking about, um, which means evening. And that's the one I was talking about that we wrote for my son's wedding. Oh. Um, and it's the harp, cello. It's just a very pretty... Just pretty. Right. It's probably one of the most popular songs out there. Everything we write to is all about relaxing and chill. And I feel like the world just needs to relax a little bit. So I'm putting music out there for that very purpose. So anything that we do is probably along those lines and uh, will help you relax. Um, Autumn Child is the cover, or it's the... Um, title song for the CD. So there's 12 songs under that. Um, there's folk music, there's classical, there's harp, there's guitar, and there's duo duets on that CD. Then I've got a couple piano solos. Um, one that I wrote for my daughter. Um, it's just a free form because that's her. She's very free spirited. And mm -hmm. then, um, when my mother died, I wrote a song for her um, called Take My Hand. And it's... Um, you know, the first 30 seconds of going to heaven, I guess you could say, and how beautiful it was, and God taking your hand. And the high B in the song is heaven, and it works its way up to high B. And mm. um, if people know the story, I usually get some pretty good tears out of that by the time I'm <laughs> yeah, done. <I laughs> so bet. that's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Oh. Well, I see that you've put a lot out from just this one project. There's 12 songs on here. It's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, we had a uh, have a friend that's an artist, and he did the cover for us, and he did a fabulous job. Yeah, that's a gorgeous cover too. Mm -hmm. you, you you listeners out there, you've got to go to the Bentley Project and check out this music and mm -hmm. just uh, partake because, like she said, relaxing. That's this world needs to slow down a little bit, and and here it is mm -hmm. on a platter for you. Go get it. <laughs> It's out there. Um, I want to ask you both a question. I think in kind of closing, what do you think the meaning of the music of music, the bed of life is for each of you? Uh, well, I know for me, if you think about really good definition of music that's making you or someone else feel what you want them to feel through organized music or organized sound I should say and so for me um, the older I get and the more especially on harp how almost spiritual this instrument is 
I, I just want to help people have five minutes of joy or whatever it is that I play and life is hard and I want to be one of the reasons to put a smile on their face and give them some love and just make them feel better for that moment. Yeah, I think the bed of life, I mean, it's very true because all cultures throughout time have had music as a part of their culture uh, as far as we know and I think that it's such so important no matter what cultural background you're from what time in history what in the future the past the present music is a part of your life and it, it has expressions in everything that the full range of human emotion and experience so it's it's uh it's to me i can't, can't imagine a life without music and being a part of it so uh yeah. it's, uh, it's it's just a joy there it is right there. I feel the same way. I don't know what I would do without it. I can't imagine anything, any life without it. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, and, it's a and big part of our marriage, too. I, I see. <laughs> and it's a good part of your marriage. Yeah, we're very lucky, very, lucky, very blessed that we can yeah, share this together. We are very lucky and, talking uh, about you know couples and music. Um, we're very, very lucky. We've had people when we play tell us they can see our marriage through our music. Yeah. And how much we love each other. And that's just, that's a really neat experience to have with him. And that is <laughs> one <laughs> of the reasons. <laughs> Comment, Mark? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's Did true. I? Very true. Yeah, I can't answer that any more than that. Be <laughs> careful. <laughs> Yeah, we're not here to get anybody in, in in any trouble, but that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to um, have you on because originally, Mark, you I don't know if she told you, but originally I thought of of asking Teresa, but as soon as I asked her, I thought and or Mark, you know, with Mark, because I know for a fact I've heard your music already that the guitar and the harp, first of all, go together extremely well, so. Mm -hmm. That was just, I think, I thought the two of you needed to be on this together. And, and I'm so glad mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, thank oh, thanks. you. Thanks for inviting us. It was nice to talk with you. And I would love for you to play me out with a tune. If you have another one. Well, sure. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do A Place in the Heart? Sure. Yeah, this is actually, this is completely different. It's a... Uh, it's a, it's a, the title now is called A Place in the Heart. Uh, several years back, there used to be a mandolin festival called Mando Fest in Lawrence, Kansas every year. And there was a gentleman, I think from around that area, Bill Crahan, who wrote a waltz called the Bill Crahan Waltz. Mm -hmm. And it's just a beautiful kind of, it's a place in the heart, but it's kind of a tune that reminds you of the heart of America, kind of. Um, and it's a beautiful little kind of old, old style Played on the mandolin, and Teresa will be on her foot carp. Okay, it, it dropped a little. Are you you're going to be on the mandolin, and Teresa will be on which? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And I will be on my um, lover harp. Okay. So it's mandolin, mandolin, and lover harp.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Music the Bed of Life. I'm your host, Anthony V. Simuel. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find more music from The Bentley Project on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other streaming platforms. If you are in Missouri, visit Bentley Guitars at 7 Main Street, Parkville, Missouri for guitar, piano lessons, and much more. For more information about this episode and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and follow to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simuel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen. Music is the bad, 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 music is the bad.